0: The next few Mishnais until the end of this Perek continued the sequence of services which were performed by the Kohen gadol in the Beis hamikdash on Yom Kippur. The previous Mishnah discussed the Kriyas HaTorah, the reading of the Torah which was done by the Kohen gadol. He read the parts of the Torah relevant to Yom Kippur. And we learned at the end of the previous Perek that certain limbs of the bull and the goat whose blood had been sprinkled in different places, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Parachas, on the Mizbeach. After its blood had been sprinkled, the actual animals were brought on the Mizbeach, and certain limbs, and instead of being eaten like a regular Korban Chatas, they were burnt outside of Yerushalayim. Now this Mishnah notes that Horea Kohengodol Kshehukoei, one who sees and witnesses the Kohengodol reading Kriya Satura, He would not see the bull and the goat being burnt outside of Yerushalayim. And the same works in the opposite direction of the the one who sees the bull and the goat being burnt outside of Yerushalayim, wouldn't see the Klengodol read from the Torah. And not because he hasn't got permission to see both of those things being done, I might have thought that once one begins to see a particular service being done, he has to stay there until it's completed. And in fact, indeed it is forbidden to leave whilst the Kohen is reading from the Torah. However, the Mishnah says that the reason why he can't see both of these being done is not because he hasn't got permission, because the truth is, when the Kohen reaches the end of a particular part of the Torah, and then they roll, say, for Torah to the next part, so at that point, while the Kohen is not actually reading, one would be able to leave, so if so, why would one not see both of those things being done at the same time? He could easily be there at the beginning of the Kriya and then leave in the middle and see the goat and the bull being burnt. So as a mission notes, for a different reason. It's simply a technical reason, rather it's because it was a very large distance. The goat and the bull were burnt outside of Yerushalayim. And the work of both of these services was done at the same time. So even if you would leave one of them in the middle, there would not be enough time to reach the place of the other service until it had been completed. Mr. Gimbal, so far we have seen two Corbonois being discussed, and that is the bull and the goat. These are both Corbonois Chatos, the goat which was chosen Lashem, for Hashem as opposed to the goat which was thrown off the cliff. So that was one carbon, and a bull which the kohen gadol brought that was also brought as a carbon chatos. Now the Torah also specifies that the kohen gadol should bring a ram of the kohen gadol and a ram of the Jewish people as carbonis Eila. So that is another category of carbonis. There is an argument as to whether there were three rams altogether or only two. Our Mishnah follows the opinion that there were only two, and as well as that, there was another category of carbonis, and that was the carbonis musaf. Of Yom Kippur, which actually had a mixture of Carbonate Eula and Carbonus Khatos. And according to this missioner, there were nine animals who were part of the carbon Musaf of Yom Kippur. One bull, which was a carbon oilah, seven sheep, which were also carbonate oila, plus one goat, which was a carbon chatos. So again, other than the goat and the bull, which were carbonate chatos, which we have discussed already, there were another two categories of carbonates. Number one, the Kongol's Ram and the Jewish People's Ram. And number two, the carbonate Musaf, the nine animals, which were part of the Yom Kippur Korban Musaf, and that was made up of one bull, one goat, and seven sheep. Now we learned very near to the beginning of the Masechda that throughout the day of Yom Kippur, the king Godol would go to the mikveh five times, every time he would change his clothes. Now so far we have seen the Kohen go to the mikfa twice, once at the beginning of the day, and once before he put on the big de Lovon, the special unique white linen Yom Kippa clothes. And so there remain another three times for the Kohen to go to the mikveh, Which again means that there remains another three times where the Kohen will change his clothes. Now the truth is, we saw at the beginning of this Perek, that when the Kohen reads from the Torah, he has a choice whether to continue wearing the De Lovon, those white Yom Kippa clothes, or he could wear a white cloak of his own. Now, if he did wear a white cloak of his own, that means he changed his clothes. So at that point, he would have had to go to the mikveh, and that would be the third time of the day. However, in the Vigde Boots Kore, if he reads the Torah in the Bide lovon the white linen garments, so then he would change his clothes only after Kriyasa Teyrah. And the process of changing the clothes is the same as every time the Raglov he washes his hands and his feet, Poshat the toval, he takes off the Big day Lovon, and goes down and dips himself in the mikveh. Ola he comes up from the mikveh in his tapag and gets dried. Hey Vula Big Day Zahov Then they would bring him the Big Zahov, the regular coin Godal's eight garments, some of which contained gold, the Lovash, and he put those clothes on, the Kiddush viraglov and he washed his hands and feet. So that was the process of performing the third mikvah dipping of the day, and immediately after that, the yot oses ossas el haam he goes out and performs the service and offers up his ram, and the ram of the Jewish people, the in the courtyard, and although this is not necessarily clear from the wording of the Mishnah, the Gemara explains that at this point he would offer up the limbs of the bull and the goat, which we have talked about until now in the Meserta. He would offer those on the Mizbeach, after which they would, of course, be burnt outside of Yerushalayim, as we learnt. Now, the Mishnah continues and implies that the Korban Mus'af was also brought at this point. But the truth is, the Gemara explains that the only reason why the Mishnah says it like that is because the Korban Mus'af was also brought whilst the kohen Gadol was wearing the same clothes. However, before he did bring the Korban Mus'af, he would first change his clothes back into the Big lovan. Lavan. He would enter the kodesh HaKadoshim again and take out the utensils which he had left there earlier on in the day, that we'll learn about in the next Mishnah, and then he would go to the Mikvah again, change his clothes back into the Big Day the King regular clothes, and then he would bring the Korban musaf. The reason why the Mishnah puts it all in one, is because at the end of the day, the same clothes were worn for all of it. So the Mishnah says, And the seven sheep, which didn't have a wound, just like all Karbanais, and they were a year old. This is referring, of course, to the seven sheep of the Carbon Musaf, that, together with the other two animals of the Carbon Musaf, were brought after he had changed back into the Big Day Zohov. As we explained, the Rebelezer, that is the opinion of Rebelezer. Now after the Carbon Musaf was brought, according to Rebelezer, at that point the Carbon Tomid of the afternoon was brought. That was the daily offering, which was brought every morning and every afternoon, and that was always the last carbon of the day to be brought. And according to Bileser, that was brought immediately after the carbonised musaf were brought. And again, as we explained, all nine animals of the carbon musaf, even though the missioner only mentions the sheep, the Gemara explains that according to Trebiliyzer, the other two animals of the carbon musaf were also brought at this point, right before the carbon Tomid of the afternoon was offered up. The main reason for beli'ezer is that the order in which the Torah wrote the Korbanos, that is the order in which they have to be offered. So since the Torah put all of the Korbanos Mus'af together, so they have to be brought together at the end, right before the Korban Tomid of the afternoon is offered up. And Rabbi Akiva learns from Pasukim that part of the Korban Mus'af was also brought in the morning. So not all of it was brought in the afternoon, part of it was brought in the morning. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, In Tomid shal the seven sheep Of the carbon musaf were brought together with the carbon tomid of the morning. So that means that immediately after the carbon tomid was offered up, which was the first carbon of the day, right after that was the carbon musaf of the sheep. So this was even before he changed into his big lovin for the first time. That is when he would bring this part of the korban Musaf. And the way we're going to read the Mishnah is as follows, Ufar HaOyla, as well as another part of the korban Musaf, which was the bull which was brought as a carbon Ayla. So eight out of nine of the animals of the carbon Musaf were brought right after the Chomachil Shachar, and the only part which was brought at the end was the HaNaseh the goat which was processed and whose blood was sprinkled on the outer Mizbeach, the Mizbeach which was in the courtyard, as opposed to most of the other animals whose blood was thrown on the Mizbeach, the inner Mizbeach, which was in the Heichel, but we're talking about the goat, which was part of the carbon musaf, and it itself was a carbon khatas. So this part of the carbon musaf, imtomishos reinar Arba'im that was brought just before the afternoon carbon tomid. So interestingly, it comes out that according to Yezar the entire carbon musaf was brought right at the end, whereas according to Akiva, most of the carbon musaf was brought right at the beginning of the day, immediately after the morning carbon tomid, and only one of the carbonized musaf animals, namely the goat, only that was brought to the end before the afternoon carbon tomid. Mishnah Dalit, we explained in the previous Mishnah that after the Godol bought his ram and the ram of the Jewish people... Before bringing the korban musaf according to Beilizer, or part of the korban musaf according to BeYakiva, he would first change into his bigdei lov'on, enter the kodesh in order to take out the utensils which he had left there earlier on in the day, and then he would change back into his bigdei zahav and continue with the korban musaf. So that is what this mission comes to tell us. Kedushat Vraglov, he would wash his hands and feet. This is what he does after bringing his ram and the ram of the Jewish people. Ufoshat, then he takes off the Big De zohov, the Yorad the Toval, he goes down, dips himself in the mikveh, the Olah, comes up from the mikveh in his tapag, and dries himself. Heviro Big De Lovon, they bring him the Big De Lovon, the unique white linen yomkippa garments, the Lovash, he puts them on. The Kilichon of Raglov, and again, he washes his hands and feet, just like whenever he changes his clothes. And what does he do whilst wearing the big day Lovon? He enters the Khachadashim in order to take out the Kaf, which was the utensil which held the Khatayres, whilst the Khangado entered into the Khachadashim. The Khachadashim and the shovel, which had contained coals and which he poured the Khatayres into. So these two utensils he takes out. And then, as we explained, he goes back into the Big Dei Zahov, so when he does that, again, he goes through the whole process again. shot of Raglov, he washes his hands and feet, Uposhat Ravu Toval, and takes off the Big Dei Lovon, and goes down, dips himself into the mikveh, Olov and his tapog, comes up from the mikveh and dries himself, the Big Dei they bring him the Big Dei Zahov, the regular garments of the Kohen Godal, the eight garments, some of which contain gold, so they bring them these garments, he puts them on, he wears them, The and he washes his hands and feet, so he has now gone to the mikveh five times, and now that he is wearing the B'dezahov, he enters the Heichel to offer the afternoon kutores, just like every day of the year which in this case we're going to translate to mean that he would light the lamps of the menorah. He had already, somebody had already prepared the menorah, and at this point he would actually light the menorah just like every day of the year. That's why he would be doing this in the B'day Zohov, because this was not a service which was unique to Yom Kippur. It should be noted that although the mission does not mention it, the carbon tomid, the afternoon carbon tomid, was offered before the afternoon Kutairis. So after the carbonate musaf had been completed, which he did after going to the mikveh micro- for the fifth time, then he would bring the afternoon carbon tomid, and then he would start doing the other services, such as Kutairis, and lighting the menorah. Says the Mishnah, once he has done that, he washes his hands and feet for the tenth and final time of the day, and takes off his big day Zahav, he brings the Kohen his own clothes, regular clothes, not ones with which he would serve in the Besham Mikdash, he would wear them, and people would accompany him until he reaches his house, and he would make a Yom and a feast, for his loved ones, for his friends. In the time that he went out in peace from the holy place, meaning that since there was a big danger on Yom Kippur, that the Kohen Godol, if he wasn't worthy, then he wouldn't survive going into the Kodesh Hakodashim. So if the Kohen Godol did survive that, and he completed the entire service of Yom Kippur, it would be a very joyous occasion, and he would make a feast and a yomto in order to celebrate. So this really reaches the end of the Bisham Hamikdash service of Yom Kippur. The next mission does not actually have much to do with Yom Kippur itself, and the final peric of the Masechda discusses the other laws of Yom Kippur, which don't necessarily apply only in the Bisham but rather to every individual on Yom Kippur. Mishnah Kohen Godol, a Kohen Godol Mishamish, he serves in the Mishamikdash, Beshmoin Kelem, wearing eight items of clothing, The are headed by whereas a regular Kohen only has to wear four special items of clothing. What are those four? some sort of very long shirt, a sort of cloak, which went from the Kohen's neck all the way to his feet, trousers, particular type of trousers with its nephes, a particular special type of hat, the avnate, and a belt. These are the four items of clothing which every coin has to wear. Mesival of Kohen Godol. In addition to that, a Godol has to wear Khoyshen. The Kheshen which had the twelve stones representing the twelve Shavotim. That he would wear on his chest the ephod some sort of apron, which would have straps over his shoulders that would also hold the Khushan in place, umu'il a robe, that sits, and the tzitz which would go on the forehead of the Kohen Godal, and kodesh la Hashem, holy to Hashem, that was what was written on the tzitz, and any kohen or Kohen who serves in the Bes has to wear the above clothes. Now as well as needing to wear them when serving in the Bes there was another occasion in which the Kohen Godal will have to wear all of his eight items of clothing, and that is when they would ask the Urim of Tumim, when they would ask via the Urim B'tumim, advice from Hashem. There was a parchment within the Cheshen, and at certain times of, uh, of distress, or when there was some trouble in Kalisol when they needed to know something. So the Congolo would consult with the Urim B'tumim, and he would be given an answer via the Cheshen. Letters which were written on the stones of the Cheshen would light up, and that's how he would be given an answer. Be as it may, when the Khan Goddall does consult with the Urim Votummim, the English Olim with these items of clothing, he needs to ask and consult with the Urim Votummim, just like if he was serving in the Besham And Mishnah adds that the Aenish Olim Melech, or the The Qungol would only seek advice from the Omer for the sake of a king under his instruction Or the or under instruction of the Beistin This is referring to the Samhedrin, the Court of 71 Judges which was the top court in Kali Israel Or the Or somebody who the entire public required Somebody who was a very, very important figure which the Gemara explains is referring to the Qum Shrach Shorach who was the king who would lead the people into battle, he would talk to the people fighting, and strengthen them before they would fight in a war. So if he also needed to know something, so the king Golo could seek advice from the mutumim under his instruction as well.